just a disclaimer note. Also, uh, we will be possibly talking about some medical stuff today. So if that freaks you out, uh, you might not want to tune in. Nothing too bad, though. So, Hey, how you doing? This is Tony. Welcome to Finding Subjects Podcast. Great day today. Beautiful outside. Hopefully everybody's doing good out there. Again, I'm doing well. Interesting little story. This morning I woke up, and in my little daily routine is I wake up, I go to the bathroom, I brush my teeth, I take my vitamins and my medicine, I make a cup of coffee, I'll make some eggs. Today I just grabbed a cup of coffee, and I went out on the balcony, grabbed the camera, of course, because that's kind of like just how I do it, and sat down in the chair, put the cup of coffee down, had the camera on my lap, just took the lens cap off. I heard a little bit of something, something happening in the, in the trees. You can hear when the birds get excited about something. I'm thinking right away, uh, hawk, raptor, something. Look up, bam, bald eagle right over my head. Grabbed the camera, took a shot. Don't even remember what the settings were that I left off yesterday. It was a cloudy day. So I'm like, ah, it's not going to be that that good of a shot. But I got something decent. I threw it up on Facebook.com or uh, you can find it on Instagram, Finding Subjects Podcast on Instagram. Threw it up there. But that right there is like some of the things that I really enjoy about photography. It's just that it's like I, I call it sometimes hunting. You know, I remember a long time ago, uh, a long, long time ago. A conversation with somebody, and uh, he goes, "You hunt?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, oh, "What do you shoot with?" And I said, "No, oh, a Nikon." <laughs> He's like, yeah, "Okay." But I used to have, uh, you know, I used to have my guns. I just, you know, I, I'd prefer to shoot with a Nikon. That's a, that's just how it is, you know, for me. And so, um, it's the you're still going out hunting. You're still looking for that that wildlife, that really cool shot to see it. However, you know, after it's done, it's encounter with me. Bambi's mom goes home to Bambi. So again, we you know nothing wrong. Whatever you want to do, because a lot of the wildlife licenses go to protecting our natural resources and stuff. I understand that. I get it at all. But my personal preference is to not do that. So going out there with the camera, taking this shot, was just the thrill. I could sit there for a week and a half, or five weeks, or several months, and not have that opportunity. And suddenly, out of the blue, the bald eagle decides to fly right over my condo. Uh, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe 100 feet above it. You know, we still snagged it. We cropped it in a little bit, but it's just a nice capture. And it was funny. I was talking to somebody about photography. Um, it might have been you. <laughs> and it's just about the the cool feeling of when you see something and you capture something to share that with others. And that's all you're really looking to get out of it personally. And at least for me is, you know, that that moment that, hey, check this out. Isn't this cool? And sharing that and having people get excited about everything that's around us as much as I do, you know, when you, when you see an animal or something like it. So anyway, I uh, was very fortunate to get that shot this morning and, you know, share it with you guys. So, hey, real quick, we're going to go back to uh, our buddy Bob. Bob has been on the show numerous times and we take it back to April 6th when Bob had the uh, tumor on his kidney successfully removed. But, man, he's had some a lot of problems since then. Um, the guy understands that I'm I'm mentioning him on the show. He's thankful for it. He's thankful for all your prayers. It means a lot to him. And he's now having to go through well, let me let me back up just a little bit. So there was a cause for him to go into AFib. There was a obviously they took care of the uh, tumor on the kidney, but there was a cause he went into AFib and he was going in and out of AFib. He's been going in and out of AFib for a while. So what they did the other day was uh, did an echo to check out the back of his heart and they found that a valve is bad. Needless to say, our buddy Bob is going uh, for major heart surgery next Tuesday. So if you would continue with your prayers, because this guy knows that you're praying for him 
and it really means a lot to him. So if you could, uh, you know, just think about, uh, he's a good guy. We talked about him before, what he does, you know, for community. Always a giving man. His family is, they do nothing but give, not only financially, but their time. It could be deep in the urban areas. It could be uh, communities around this area. It doesn't matter. Just really good people and uh, very proud person to call these guys my friends, you know, very close friends. So please, prayers continued for Bob and also uh, prayers continued for ourselves in this world of all the things that are going on right now. We just had some important things happening in the news, and I pray that some understanding, some better understanding and deeper respect for each other somehow comes to light and play in all of this, because I think that's what we truly need. We just need to be respectful, deeply respectful to each and every one, and not judging each other by what we look like, who we pray to. We're all human beings, you know, and it's it's, it's funny it's sad. It's not funny. It's sad that this is how we are sometimes. I don't think racism will ever be erased. It will always be. But I think we can educate our children and the people that surround us a little bit better in regards to our behavior and our actions. And in doing so, that's how we change the world. And that's my theory. That's just where I'm coming from with it. I think it starts with actions and people look and they're like, yeah, you know, what they're doing is that's, that's awesome. That's what we need. And it's, again, it's about listening. It's about trying to understand that we are not all equal in regards to the socioeconomic levels, our opportunity levels. And we just need to be understanding that. And most importantly, the politicians, man, I'm I'm sorry. I, I go back there. But I'm going back there. They're set in place to make rules to help us. Government officials on a city level and on a government level. You got to do your job. Why are not the, the immigration policies fixed by now? What have they been doing down in Washington for, I don't know, let's call it the past four, eight years? Folks, I mean, l- listen, you know, the, the, the blame's on both sides here. We got a broken system that needs to be fixed. So did anybody fix it? Or are we, are we too heavy on pushing our own agendas on each side? I'm a guy that I would not be here if my grandparents were not allowed into this country. I come from immigrants. I'm a second-generation American. My father being the first, right? He was born here in the United States. But his parents, my grandparents on both sides, were born in other countries, which is the case for so many people here. I mean, this is a, the land of opportunity. We trash it. Which really pisses me off because this is a fantastic place. There's a reason why people want to come here. And that reason is opportunity where you can actually work hard and make something of yourself. There are systems in play to help minority owners and women-owned businesses start businesses. My wife was one of them. And she got to work hard every day. I see it. I have a friend, one, I didn't even know him at the time, but this guy was pushing a broom at a Burger King. He was a 25, 28-year-old man at the time. And he came here with that dream, I'm going to work myself and have my own store someday. And he's a great guy. And I, st- I go out of my way. I pass probably five different stores that I could stop in to get what I need. But I go all the way out to this guy and go, and go talk to him because I admire him. The hard work 
the hard work ethic that he puts into his business every day. He owns his own little deli now. And he works hard. And he has pride. And he has nothing but passion and love for his community. And people can sense that. And I think people gravitate towards him for that. I know I do. I admire the man. Because he had nothing when he came here. He left his family in India to come here. And it took a long time to get them over here and to raise his family and his kids go to the college here. They're, you know, he's an American citizen. It's just a process that I wished everyone could have. So Washington's really got to fix some of these rules down there to make it a little bit easier for these folks to get across the border legally, legally, L-E-G-A-L-L-Y, legally. Get where I'm coming from. I'm all for that. We would collapse if it weren't for people working on the farms and in the hospitality industry. We would collapse. We would, it wouldn't work. Hardworking people, and we need to make it better and easier for them to come into this country. So, hey, why am I a proponent for them? A fan of that? Because, I, like I said, I wouldn't be here. I'd possibly be speaking with an Irish accent. <laughs> or... Hey, Tony, pass the pizza. <laughs> More mozzarella, please. Hey, bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, I might not be. I wouldn't have been. I would not have been. My kids wouldn't have been. My, my uh, grandparents moved here to Philadelphia. They immigrated here to Philadelphia like a lot of their families did. Some of them, uh, one guy went down to Australia, which is very cool. I'll tell you that story sometimes. But in fact, I probably told you before, but they immigrated here. And my grandparents, they lived down in, in uh, the Mantua section of, of Philadelphia, which is so funny because my daughter lives in that area uh, for college. Here are my grandmother's house on Wallace Street in Philadelphia, well, they shared a backyard with my grandfather's family, and that's how they met. Just super cool, right? Two Irish families that immigrated here. And then I'm not exactly certain how my mother met my father. My father was from South Philly. My mom being from that area, I guess that is considered West Philadelphia, University City area, the Mantua section, but they met. And guess what? That wasn't a an embracing relationship by their families. What? He's Italian? <laughs> and the Italians, what? Irish? <laughs> it's just how it was. But love is blind, right? Love is blind. My Latin-blooded father swept her off her feet. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. So that's how it happens, man. I mean, we, we, we are a melting pot here. Here's a big word. We are a cornucopia. That's right. We are a cornucopia of ethnicity here in the United States of America. It's funny because uh, I say it's funny a lot. I think I want to stop saying it. It's very interesting because, you know, other people from other countries, they only know what's told to them, just like we know how it is for us here in the, with the media. They draw opinions on, on Americans and what Americans truly are and what America truly is. I guarantee you right now, they don't have a clue. A lot of people who hate us do not have a clue. They might hate the military aspects or the government aspects, but they need to understand who we are as people. We are everyone. We represent every country in the world here. And you have the freedom, once you get here, to be who you want to be, to say what you want to say in a peaceful manner. It's just a great place. 
It's, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I love it here. It's a fantastic place. And what I love more than anything is every American that I know are extremely kind and friendly people and extremely generous, especially to those who are really in need. So we sit here and we turn the news on and I have friends from all over the world. Yo, man, you know, like what's going on over there? Oh, the guns and the violence. You know what? That's what's leading the story every night. We didn't have media like that, instantaneous news back in the past. A lot of times we're not hearing what's going on in your country. The stabbings, absolute violence. People, oh my God, I don't get it. But my point is, trust me, it's not just here. Look in your own backyard before you throw any rocks. You know, seriously. There's a lot going everywhere. Anywhere there's a human being, there's a problem. And ours just get magnified because of the ability to, uh, to broadcast it. And guess what? Blood is news, sadly. Blood leads to stories. How many positive stories that you hear all the time? And that's what I love about this country. That's the kind of news I dig for white people and black people, people of all ethnicities, getting together, doing things for the community. That's the story to me. Yes, we need to know about the other things so we can correct those things and make it right and make it fair and make it just, the justice system. But we need to come together right now. That's right. So I kind of make light of this sometimes because it's such a serious topic, but we need to find a way, man. We need to find a way to love each other and care about each other and respect each other. And just instead of just going right to violence. And I think it's bred at home. I think it's bred from what we hear from our parents. And, you know, we have to be stronger than that mentally to overcome maybe that that hatred that may be ingrained within us to say, you know what, maybe mom and dad were wrong. Maybe grandparents were wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be feeling this way. That seems like a nice guy, but he's the wrong color or she's the wrong color. I, I'm My family would hate them. I should hate them. We need to get past that. That's That's a sickness right there. That's a hatred and a sickness that we need to get past. So that is something I'm praying on. And if you want to join me in that, you know, that would be cool to have prayers just for that, that we care about each other and try to get along because uh, we've been hating each other for millions of years and it's not getting us anywhere. It's uncivilized. So we need to become more civilized and love, care, and understand each other and respect each other. Right on, Tony. So what do I got next? It's a little deep message. You know, just because things going on right now, I kind of kind of got to talk about that. So let's go on to the computer. And it's weird. I use, uh, I don't know what it is here, Google Docs or something. My kids are like that, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I get all whacked out when I put up a screen. I guess it's called your browser and other things come up. I'm like, no, man, I don't want that. That's not supposed to happen here. See, like I'm on the wrong page again. It's, oh, boy. Dad, I can hear them right now. Dad, really? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I'll figure it out. Will I? No, I don't, I, I'm not figuring nothing out here. Maybe this one. Oh, that's right. Google Docs. Duh. Here we go. All right, so we go to this, we go to that. Aha, I learned something from my kids. It's awesome. <laughs> There's coming a day in your life, if you're a parent, that you will be like, wait a minute, I don't know this. The kids know it, though. How can I ask them without sounding like a moron? Well, you basically can't. <laughs> They're going to think you're old. 
because old people don't know how to get into Google Docs. Here we are. So I'll just read this to you. Uh, it's entitled, Stupid Stuff I've Done as a Ute. <laughs> the Red Speedboat. Disclaimer, do not do anything I talk about ever in this episode or any other episodes. You can seriously get hurt or worse. And I'm telling you right now, it just may be the dumbest thing you have ever done if you attempt any of these moronic events. That's my liability disclosure. <laughs> so basically, don't be an idiot. All right. Hey, it was a summer place I loved to visit as a youngster. Crystal Beach, Maryland. My sister-in-law's owned a cottage there. A very nice two-story with a wraparound balcony. Fireplaces on both floors sitting back a ways from the Chesapeake Bay. I loved visiting there. For the most part, I wandered around on my own. A curious youngster at 14 or 15 or even younger then. Uh, but this particular story kind of is about a 14-year-old. Me. Uh, the water of the bay being my biggest interest, followed by the lake and then the woods. It was nice. Uh, we would just uh, wander around there. Now, this is not the written part, but uh, had a 22 rifle, set up some targets, and just uh, shoot away. It was a fantastic place to spend the weekends and even longer. It was fun hanging out with the adults. We would sit around and eat blue claw crabs, steamed shrimp and clams, corn on the cob, and the keg of beer would continuously flow, and I was happy just to be there. Did I drink at 14? I will not comment on that. I remember, I remember Beautiful Body. That was the name of a woman who lived next door. That's what I heard the older guys call her. And they weren't wrong. She seemed perfect in every detail as she did her yard work or hung laundry. In her 20s, I was certain. And although I thought we'd be a perfect match, I am certain she did not think the same, seeing me as a child, most likely. The kids a few houses down and closer to the lake were at their house this weekend. I'll call them the McGillicuddies to keep their names private. Fun people they were. And Danny and his little brother, well, just about my age, and we hung around anytime I was down there. This particular day I'm thinking about was a beautiful day, and they asked me if I wanted to head out on their boat, a red speed boat, and I jumped at the chance, even though my family were heading out on the in-laws boat, a big cabin cruiser, to go out crabbing. Where are we going, I asked. Just around the bay, it'll be fun. We'll jump the wakes of other boats, you'll see. This thing flies. Danny replied. We walked our way down to the dock where Danny's family kept the boat, and I knew the way like the back of my hand. Manor drive to Lake Avenue, make a right to Georgia, which takes you right to Bay Boulevard, a quick right and then a quick left down the steep road to the boat docks. Why don't you stay all week, man? We'd have a blast, he asked. Got to go back Monday, I replied, wishing I could indeed stay longer, but I'll probably be back next weekend. It was great having this opportunity to get out of the neighborhood back home from time to time. Up there, at home, I was doing nothing but getting into trouble, nothing bad or too serious just being a kid with my best friends. We started the boat, removed the lines, and carefully navigated out of the dock area and out into the Chesapeake Bay we went. Hitting the throttle in no time, we were up on plane, flying effortlessly across the surface, me sitting at the bow of the boat, excited just to be there. We were out somewhere between Crystal Beach and Turkey Point, a tall hill with steep cliffs all around and a lighthouse at the top, which indicated the separation between the Susquehanna and the Elk Rivers the beginning of the bay. Here, Tone, put it on, Dan said, tossing me my beach towel as I watched him and his brother wrap theirs around their head. What are you doing, I asked. <laughs> Forgot our hats. Going to get burned bad if we don't cover up. My mom will be pissed, he said, as I did my best to wrap my beach towel around my noggin and have it stay there. Hey, we look like... <laughs> yeah, Dan laughed. Just be sure to make a bunch of noise when we jump the wakes of the boats coming our way. I really didn't know what was going on here, and I'm sitting here laughing because I... <laughs> It was crazy. I honestly wasn't certain what was about to happen. 
It was us, three teenagers in a speedboat, our heads wrapped in beach towels, and suddenly we were off like a shot, throttle full open. We sped towards the back of a passing boat, hit the wake, and shot into the air as our red speedboat smashed back into the water, all of us laughing as hard as we could. Ready? Here comes another one, Danny shouts. As he repeated the process and the hooping and hollering started all over again, the adults on a passing boat showing mixed reviews, a few laughing, the others shaking their heads at us, and wham, in the air, then splash, a sharp hard turn, and we were going back for more. The landing was the hardest part. If you weren't ready for it, it was quite hard when we hit. You'd slip and grab anything you could to stay upwards. It was somewhere around this time that it happened, when I completely lost any common sense or rationale and climbed forward even more to be sitting on the edge of the very front of the boat, my legs hanging over and on each side of the hull. I simultaneously had secured another beach blanket on myself, tying the sides of each end so it would appear as if I was wearing a cape. As and as expected, this cape flapped wildly in the wind as our speeding craft assaulted wave after wave that we could take. And then, bam. During the landing of the next jump, my spine compressed as we hit the water hard. I tumbled to the deck and Danny stopped the boat. Are you okay, he asked, him and his brother standing over me. I struggled to catch my breath. The wind knocked out of me. Tony, you okay? They checked the back of my head for blood. I think you need to get to the beach. No problem, they said, and in an instant, we were flying back towards Crystal Beach at breakneck speed. We stopped off a little ways from the beach, and they asked if I could get back. Okay. I said yes as they helped me over, and a strange, sharp pain emanated from my lower lumbar area, throbbing viciously. I sank into the water up to my neck as I bobbed and told them I'd be fine, and I was sorry for getting hurt and ruining their time. We say that stuff sometimes, that we are sorry for something we had no cause to say. I was sorry, yes, for kind of acting like a moron and being on the front of that boat. That's the kind of stuff kids do without adult supervision. We get goofy and crazy and have a blast, and most likely we get away with it until something else happens that we could have possibly avoided, like getting a serious back injury from acting stupid. They headed back out, and I insisted they do, and I turned and made my way to the beach, and simultaneously something was happening to me. As the water lowered, I realized I could not support the weight of my own body. And simultaneously, I lowered myself to stay buoyant until I could stoop no longer and literally had to crawl myself up to the beach and lay there, unable to walk. I glanced back towards the water. Danny and his brother were way out. I couldn't see my family either. The boat was not docked, so I knew they would eventually come back. But when? I had no idea, so I laid there covering myself with the towel from the strong rays of the sun. Fast forward several hours, my family came in. I waved and made contact. They docked and approached me, helping me to their van and then back to the cottage. And from there, it's been a lifetime of incredible pain and sleepless nights accompanying me from what could possibly be one of the most stupidest things I've ever done. Jumping waves in a little red speedboat in Crystal Beach, Maryland. But man, it was fun while it lasted. So there you go, a little quick story. <laughs> it was a good time, man. The noise that we make when we, when we went over the ramps, kind of like, la, 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 la. <laughs> something crazy like that, but... We just had a blast. I mean, that was a part of life that, you know, you do these crazy things and hopefully there are no bad consequences. And we were just having a blast and uh, it was fun while it lasted. Like I said, I, the injury was brutal and it took a long, I think personally I was diagnosed incorrectly about that, a, a lower lumbar sprain. It was much worse than that, I'll tell you. And the pain that it was in rehab and I would tell them, listen, I have a, an extremely high level of uh, pain threshold, but something's really wrong. And, uh, yeah, I just stopped and ended up stopped going there. And, uh, to this day, sometimes I have problems, but I get to the back doctor periodically and I am due to go back again. He did that little, 
uh, surgical operation last year where they go in there and they burn the uh, nerves coming through the disc. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I had a great time today talking to you. Please pray for Bob and please pray for this world, man, that we can all get together and get along and understand each other instead of just jumping straight to hate. Um, you know, it, it's got to start with us. Regardless of your, your faith, your religion, we can agree that we all are human beings and we should give each other the benefit of the doubt and respect each other. Thank you. Have a great day. Peace. See ya.